Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800 247 3051. 800 247 3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org, or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now here is our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. So the 11th hour is a program that anybody can sign up for. Of course, you have to be screened. And what the hospital will do is they will call, they'll call when someone's going to die and they have no one with them. And so that's what they do. So anyway, so we can imagine Joseph now. He knows his friend's going to die in three days and he's preparing for heaven. And now we have these great words. So we've just like frozen Joseph. He hasn't spoken yet. We were talking about all this, and Joseph's kind of scene is frozen. Now we come to verse 18, where it says, and Joseph answered and said. He answered and said. Joseph has seen how this man really tried to lead Joseph to get up a good interpretation of his dream. He knows if he tells him the truth, that if in three days he's going to die, this is going to plunge him into a deep sorrow, a deep depression. And he knows that, Joseph knows that, Joseph sits there and says, you know, I've got the power I've got the power right now to bring this man out of his sorrows and consoling him if I just tell a lie. They just tell a lie. And so what is Joseph going to do? Well, Joseph told the truth. So he could prepare that man to be saved and to meet God. And when Joseph gave the good interpretation to the chief butler in which he said that Pharaoh was going to lift up his head, and then, by the way, he used the same word for the chief baker, lift up the head. He used the word nasa, nasa means to raise up, raise up. And when Joseph gave the bad interpretation to the chief baker, which he said he's going to lift up the head of the chief baker, he used the same word. It's kind of a play on words here because that word can mean one of two things. It can mean, mean to you know bring up the forlorn, as in the case of restore, but the other meaning is that it can lift off the head from the person. So he made it clear to the chief baker without any ambiguity he said, because he said, uh, I use the same word, nasa, but I mean, you're going to be hung on a tree. Now, when you look at this, what we admire about Joseph in this case here, he did not change the literal interpretation of the dream. He said, you know, he, he, he saw it, he said it. He saw it, he said, that's a challenge for us. It's a challenge for us to just tell what the word of God says. Don't change it to make it more palatable or ambiguous. Well, I don't know what's going to really happen if someone dies without Christ. No, God is merciful. and I don't know. You know, maybe he'll do it. Don't change things. There's a temptation for us to not tell people that they're going to be okay even if they don't receive the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior because we don't want to hurt them. That's not what Joseph did. He told the chief baker the truth. And like Joseph, we are to report what the Word of God says and not water it down. And we can imagine, as I said, the shock of the chief baker when he heard this and he knows he's going to be de- de- decapitated. And we imagine the chief baker, you know, might have said, wait a minute, 
that's not what I was expecting. I mean, couldn't you just stop, you know, that Pharaoh would lift off my head, just leave it off there? I mean, can I get a refund, you know? (laughs) So it all happened. It all happened just as Joseph said it would happen. It said in verses 20 through 22, and the most important thing in verses 20, 22, which is the recount of all of this, is the last part where it says, as Joseph had interpreted to them. He hanged the chief baker as Joseph had interpreted to them. Those words are really important, as Joseph had interpreted to them. As painful as it was for Joseph to be faithful, to tell the chief baker the truth, and also painful for the chief butler to hear what was going to happen for his friend. I mean, Joseph was not a popular person at that point. But Joseph was never a person to mince words. I mean, he told the whole truth, no matter how painful it was. I mean, we might lose friends. We might lose family relationships when we tell them that the Bible says there's no way to heaven except then by trusting in the Lord Jesus Christ for salvation. They may leave in a huff, but we never know what's going to happen to them as a result of us being honest with them. And Joseph had no way of knowing that what would happen to him as a result of him being honest with the chief baker by telling him the truth. And this is where these words in verse 22 are really important when it says this happened as Joseph had interpreted to them. Because later we're going to see that the chief butler is going to make his recommendation to Pharaoh of Joseph, and he's going to say in chapter 41, the next chapter here, verse 9, chapter 41, verse 9, then spake the chief butler unto Pharaoh, saying, I do remember my faults this day. Pharaoh was wroth with his servants, put me in ward of the captain's house, both me and the chief baker, and we dreamed a dream in one night, I and he. And there was there a, a young man, a Hebrew servant to the captain of the guard. We told him he interpreted to us our dreams, each man according to his dream he did interpret. And it came to pass, as he interpreted to us, so it was. Me he restored into my office, him he hanged. Then Pharaoh sent and called Joseph. See, notice how important it was for Joseph to accurately interpret the dreams of both the chief butler and the chief baker because that was what the chief butler used to tell Pharaoh that Joseph got it right both times. He accurately interpreted both the dreams. And then it says Pharaoh immediately called for Joseph. You know, but if Joseph has said, you know, I can't, I can't tell the chief baker he's going to die. That's terrible. That's cruel. I'll tell him a lie. Then the chief baker, when he's standing before Pharaoh, would say, there's a man down there in the prison. He gets it right 50% of the time. <laughs> and Pharaoh would have said, what do I need a 50% right? I can flip a coin for that. You know? And so, but Joseph didn't know how important it was for him to tell the chief baker the painful truth. And it turned out to be very important for him later. And we just don't know how important it is for us to tell people the painful truth that to die without the Lord Jesus Christ is to be cast into hell. But it might become very important for them like it was for Joseph. So three days arrive. There's a lot of drama. It's Pharaoh's birthday. The chief butler ends up being restored to his position. The chief baker is is hanged. And Joseph... He wasn't in prison. He wasn't saying this. Wow, I really got it right. (laughs) He said, that's amazing. I mean, they were kind of a long shot, those interpretations, but they turned out to be true. I'm kind of shocked. He wasn't doing that. 
He wasn't thinking that because he knew that God had given him the interpretations and God's always right. As a matter of fact, this is how God says you should evaluate whether or not a, a prophet is true or not in Deuteronomy 18.22. Deuteronomy 18.22 says, when a prophet speaketh in the name of the Lord, if the thing follow not, nor come to pass, then this is, that is the thing which the Lord hath not spoken, but the prophet hath spoken it presumptuously, and thou shalt not be afraid of him. That's Deuteronomy 18.22. And just because a person is quoting, or let me put it this way, if a person is quoting from the Bible and saying this is from God, okay, that's great. But many people say, God told me, God told me this or that. Sometimes it's in the connection for wanting some money, for example. Sometimes it's a prediction. And when we hear that, hear that we shouldn't say, oh, well, if God told them, then I'm, you know, it must be true. And oh my, you know, Acts 5.39, Acts 5.39 could be said against me. But if it be of God, you cannot overthrow it, lest happily you be found to even to fight against God. You know, Harold Camping from Family Radio, and I don't mean to get down on a dead person, but anyway, Harold Campy from Family Radio, he used to set dates when the Lord was going to return. He even rented billboards down here in San Diego, remember? They got the date, you know, God, and it was all God told me. You know, well, God wasn't speaking to Harold Camping at all because he didn't pass the verse 22, verse 22 of Genesis 40. He didn't pass that test. Didn't happen. Well, there was never any doubt for Joseph because he knew his interpretation came from God. And he knew that what God had promised would happen to the chief butler and the chief baker, which did. In other words, Joseph could trust what God had said. But in contrast, and this is where this chapter has this contrast in it, in contrast to the reliability of God's promise to Joseph about the dreams, was the reliability of the chief baker's promise to Joseph. And that's the last verse here. And yet did not the chief butler, I mean to say butlers. Butler, I'm getting all confused, butler, baker, but anyway. Yeah, the chief butler, I mean to say. And yet did not the chief butler remember Joseph, but forgot him. So in this chapter, what we've really got here is two persons that are making promises to Joseph. God promises to Joseph that the chief butler is going to be destroyed and the chief baker is going to be executed. And Joseph relied on God's promise when he publicly predicted what was going to happen. And God did not let Joseph down. God proved himself faithful, and that's what happened to them. But by contrast in this chapter, the chief butler made a promise to Joseph to remember him and to ask Pharaoh to release Joseph And that's what makes verse 23 so significant, yet did not the chief butler remember Joseph but forget him. So this chapter ends with Joseph still in prison and saying to himself, man, on the one hand, God promised that the chief butler would be released and restored, and God was true to his promise. But on the other hand, the chief butler promised to me that he's gonna ask Pharaoh for my release, and he was not true to his promise. Now, that was a learning experience for Joseph, that only God can be trusted to be absolutely faithful to his promises. That was a painful lesson for Joseph to learn. It was a painful lesson for Joseph to learn in life. It's a painful lesson for us to learn in life. It's particularly painful for us 
when we put such a strong reliance on any person, as Joseph did when he depended on the chief butler to get him released from prison. And it's so, it, it was so painful for Job to learn this same lesson in his life when he said, Job said in Job 19.14, Job 19.14, my kinsfolk have failed and my familiar friends have forgotten me. And it was a painful lesson for King David to learn the same lesson in his life and he said how painful it was when he said in Psalm 31.22, Psalm 31.22, I am forgotten as a dead man out of mind. I am a broken vessel. Now, the Jewish people in particular have experienced this as country after country has not kept their promise to be their friend in Germany with their Holocaust and Spain with their Inquisition and Russia with their pogrom and Egypt with their extermination of the Jewish babies and Rome with their diaspora and France with their Vichy deportation and England with their current ban on Israeli scientists and the U.S., with the anti-Semitism on the university campuses and all the Middle East, and most recently of all, New Zealand and Senegal with their UN resolution to condemn Israel. And now that we can look back over all this history that I was just mentioning to you of the Jewish people, we can see that what happened to Joseph in verse 23 is like a prophecy of what would gonna happen to the Jewish people, promises made that would be forgotten. This is gonna happen in, in, in Egypt when we're gonna find in, in Exodus 1.8, Exodus 1.8, there arose a new king over Joseph, which knew, uh, there arose a new king over Egypt, which knew not Joseph, they, he forgot. And he said unto his people, behold, the people of the children of Israel are more and mightier than we, and then he comes up with his final solution. So for the Jewish people, Reliance on man has been one painful experience after another, and that's why God's promise to them is so important in Psalm 137, verse five, Psalm 137, verse five. If I forget thee, O Jerusalem, let my right hand forget her cunning. If I do not remember thee, let my tongue cleave to the roof of my mouth. If I prefer not Jerusalem above my chief joy. And then he said it again, God said it again in Isaiah 49.15, Isaiah 49.15. Can a woman forget her sucking child that she should not have compassion on the son of her womb? Yea, they may forget, yet will I not forget thee. So the chief butler forgets Joseph, but God does not forget Joseph. And the new king over Egypt may not know Joseph, but God will know the children of Israel as he says, in Exodus 2.24, Exodus 2.24, God heard their groaning. God remembered his covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. God looked upon the children of Israel. God had respect unto them. So in contrast to the chief butler who forgot Joseph, our God doesn't forget. Psalm 121 is the big point about this. Psalm 121, really the whole psalm, but Psalm 121, first four verses says, I will lift up mine eyes unto the Lord, from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord, which made heaven and earth. He will not suffer thy foot to be moved. He that keepeth thee will not slumber. Behold, he that keepeth Israel shall never slumber nor sleep. That's the lesson for Joseph in verse 23. Joseph had lifted up his eyes to the chief butler and for help. 
But Joseph found the chief butler, forgot him. But when Joseph then lifts up his eyes to the Lord, realizing his help will only come from the Lord who made heaven and earth, he realizes God will not forget me. See, and this is why David uses this word only, 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 so importantly in Psalm 62, 3, Psalm 62, 5, Psalm 62, 5, which reads, my soul wait thou only upon God, for my expectation is from him. He only is the rock, my rock of my salvation. He is my defense, I shall not be moved. And then, actually the whole, the whole that whole Psalm from verse one through six, because the first verse, two verses says, truly my soul waiteth upon God, from him cometh my salvation. He only is my rock and my salvation. Now, what happened here is that Joseph realizes that he's come to realize what David said about man. He said in Psalm 39, verse six, he says, uh, surely every man walketh in a vain show. They are disquieted in vain. He heapeth up riches and knoweth not who shall gather them. Lord, what, what wait I for? My hope is in thee. So this is what Joseph, he's coming to this realization that God is not like Ephraim's goodness. Ephraim's goodness in Hosea 6.4, God said, Hosea 6.4, O Ephraim, what shall I do unto thee? O Judah, what shall I do unto thee? Your goodness is as a morning cloud, and as the early dew, it goeth away. See, that how, that's how Joseph felt about the chief butler. He said, oh, it looks so great when he was here, like the early, but you know, when the sun comes up, can't find the dew anymore. Now, it, it's a hard lesson. It's a really, really hard lesson for Joseph to learn, but he needed to learn it because he's about to be exalted to be the most powerful man in Egypt. And he's about to see all of the, all men in Egypt serve him. And the temptation is gonna be strong for Joseph to say, wow, I've got all these people I can rely on. What do I need God for? Uh, you gotta learn this lesson. And so God, in essence, is gonna say to Joseph later on, Joseph, you're riding high now, but remember what the chief butler did to you. Remember that scar. Take a look at that scar in your soul that the chief butler made, and do not overrate man, overrate man. Okay, what happened here, as we come now to verse one, uh, chapter 40, verse one, where it says, and it came to pass at the end of two full years, the Pharaoh dreamed, and behold, he stood by the river. Now, this verse in verse one here of chapter 41, chapter 41, it could have said it came to pass at the end of two years, but there's a very important word in there, full, that's an important word, full. It came to pass after two full years. Now, that's an important word. First of all, the Hebrew word there is yom, yom. Now, I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, well, that's day, right? Well, actually, the root meaning of yom is heat, hot, because, you know, the days are hot <laughs> in the Middle East. So, so our, our, our translation really could read at the end of two hot years. And it's really communicating that they... Those are really long years. Those were really long. Those were two really long years for him, for Joseph. Very, very long years. It reminds me of the cancer patient. Maybe I told you this. The cancer patient who sat down with his oncologist, and his oncologist said to him, Well, I've got to tell you, you only have one more year to live. And the cancer patient says, One year? Only one year? Just one year? Is there anything you can do? Is there anything you can do to make it longer? And the ecologist thinks for a second, he says, yes, actually, there is something that I can do to make it longer. He says, what is it, what is it? He says, I want you to have your mother-in-law move in and live with you. 
The patient says, my mother-in-law to live with me, why? And the oncologist says, because that's gonna be the longest year you've ever lived. <laughs> so, so for Joseph, these are the two longest years he ever lived. <laughs> when it says that, Yom lived years, hot years. They, they hurt, they really, really hurt. And you know what hurts so much? You know what hurts us? You know what really hurts us? Is when David said, my expectation is from you. What really hurts is when we have an expectation that doesn't happen. I mean, you know, if Joseph says, okay, you're going to be in prison, okay, fine. But no, you're expecting to get out, Joseph, because the chief butler is going to remember you. See, it hurts when that doesn't happen. And the stronger the expectation, the greater the hurt. Joseph had a strong expectation. He's going to get out of prison. And when it didn't happen, it made the hurt all the more painful for him. It's all about unrealized expectations, You know, just like when a girl expects that she's going to get married to this fellow and he breaks off the engagement. Oh, man, she's expected to get married. She's planned out the wedding. She's figured out, you know, which tablecloth she's going to put on the table in their new home. You know, it really hurts because she had a strong expectation that she was going to be married. That's why verse 1 uses this word with the root meaning of hot. These were two long, hot years for Joseph. But finally, after these two years, Pharaoh dreams a dream. And it's all about to change now for Joseph. Joseph's time in Potiphar's house, Joseph's time in the prison were all for his training. And now in chapter 41, Joseph is about to graduate from his training. And Joseph's training has been hard. It's been really hard. But it was really necessary It was really necessary for him because it prepared him. Prepared him for what? Great responsibilities in Egypt. Joseph's faithfulness to Potiphar prepared him to be faithful to Pharaoh. Joseph's resisting temptation from Potiphar's wife trained him to resist the temptation of becoming proud as the prime minister of Egypt. Joseph's interpretation of the chief Butler's and the chief baker's dreams trained him for the interpretation of Pharaoh's dreams. Joseph's abandonment by the forgetful chief butler trained him to only trust God. Everything that happened to Joseph up until this point in Egypt was just a miniature scale. It was a training for the responsibilities he was, he was going to face now as prime minister. And we want just to be given great responsibilities in life. And God says, no, I need to put you through some training. I need to put you, this. it's gonna be painful, it's gonna be necessary, but you gotta go through this training. So God's saying, just trust me with the training. You need it. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your faithfulness to Joseph. And thank you, Lord, that Joseph, by your grace, by your help, did not fall, Lord. And we feel the pain that he went through here with the disappointment from the chief butler, Uh, broken promise, but Lord, we thank you that you never failed Joseph and you kept him right where you needed him to be until the time it came. And so thank you for being such a wonderful God in Jesus' name. Amen. Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.com. 
friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org to sign up for his daily devotional verse. Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestoration.org. Or you can write Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711-330, P.O. Box 711-330, Santee, California. That's S-A-N-T-E-E, Santee, California, 92071. Or you can email Tom Cantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Tom Cantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Or for more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. Sunday Night Church is back. Join Friendship with God Bible teacher Tom Cantor at the new Friendship with God Fellowship every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at the Creation and Earth History Museum in Santee, California. Join us early each Sunday at 4.30 p.m. for food and fellowship with Sunday evening services to follow at 5.30 p.m. Watch Tom Cantor and the service on YouTube Live, located on the Friendship with God website. Enjoy encouraging teaching from our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, in a relaxed and family-friendly atmosphere. Sunday Night Church is back, so join us at the Friendship with God Fellowship every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at the Creation and Earth History Museum at 10946 Woodside Avenue North in Santee, California. For more information, call us at 800-247-3051, 1-800-247-3051, or visit friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org for the Friendship with God Fellowship.